This is Lael Cooper Jepson, and I would love to read you a chapter from my new book, which is currently in manuscript form and due to be released out in uh, summer of 2019. The book is titled, Which Ways? The Unspoken Ways Women Create Change. Here we go. This chapter is called The Other Way. And the quote at the top is, it's a big universe. To stay in one tiny place is doing a disservice to yourself. Janelle Monet. It's mystical, but not a mystery, she said. Yes, my thoughts exactly. This was a client who had entered my office three months earlier, saying she needed to clearly see what was next for her so she could make a plan. She shared that if she could come up with a reason to quit her job that day, she wouldn't hesitate to do it. That's how much her job had depleted her, deadened her, and left her not even recognizing herself. She then went on to say that she didn't want to make any rash decisions, be impulsive, or wallow in negativity. She said she'd been feeling this weight on her, like the walls were closing in, and the monotony of her routine was leaving her increasingly uninspired and feeling trapped, a sensation that had grown in intensity since having a baby the previous year. And then she paused and said something telling about who she truly was at her core and what was trying to take the wheel of her life. I have this strong feeling that what I need is hiding in plain sight. Yes, my thoughts exactly. And then we got busy. When I was a little girl, I used to loll on my bed looking up at the ceiling when I was supposed to be getting up and getting ready for school. I used to wonder about things, looking up at that blank expanse of nothingness, untainted by nail holes, fingerprints, or scuff marks. I used to imagine what it would be like if the whole house were to be upside down, and we would walk on the ceilings, having to step up and over a little bit of wall to cross over into another room, and how you could curl up around a skylight and be closer to the moon. I thought of this the other day when a client of mine shared that she had seen a picture of the most breathtakingly beautiful Christmas tree float across her Instagram feed. She described an evergreen tree that had been tipped upside down, exposing its vast, intact root ball, having it look like the roots were growing up toward the ceiling. Instead of decorating the boughs of the evergreen, the roots were decorated with lights and bejeweled ornaments and tinsel, all in gold and silver and red. She marveled at how something so beautiful could be hidden in plain sight until someone thought to turn everything upside down. That, that's what it feels like I'm doing in this book, bringing some light and attention to what is often not seen because it's hidden below ground. Not to suggest that the ceiling is better than the floor, or the root system contains something more interesting and valuable than the tradi traditional evergreen boughs do, but to suggest that we might only be seeing half of the whole. So I guess what I'm doing here is taking a stand for more of our conversations to hold space for the and to be considered. Because I don't know about you, but I'm so damn weary of the either-or world we're living in. That dualistic thinking that limits our vision and keeps us smaller than we are, root-bound. 
Think of the plants that stay a bit too long inside their pots in the greenhouses and nurseries, the ones that don't get taken home and planted in someone's garden. Eventually, the root system takes over the soil and then has no nutrients left and the flowers fall away. The leaves start to yellow and consumers start to pass it over altogether, calling it worthless, unhealthy, and dying. That plant never had a chance to bloom, which is a shame because we, all, we need all the flowers we can get right now. We have so many tried and true time-tested ways of doing things. We've all these beliefs and ways of moving through life that we're so wedded to, we've mistakenly taken them, taken them as absolute gospel. In fact, we often refer to them as the right way or even the way, as in that's not the way it's done. I beg to differ actually, that's one way it's done. But there's also another way that nobody talks about openly, or if they do, it's in hushed tones and confidences in darkened corners and hallways. Let me give you an example. A client I'm working with wants to quit her job that she's been in for years and years. She's good at her job, so there's no chance that the company is gonna let her go. She's most likely, she'll most likely be the last person to have her job eliminated. But yet there's this sense there's something more out there for her. She feels pulled or called to something else, often wishing she didn't hear it or feel it. What an inconvenience. Why can't I just be happy like everyone else? But secretly glad she does. I just know there's something there. I'm starting to feel alive again, hopeful. She wants to make her move and leave, and yet she doesn't know where she's going or what her next step is or what it's even for. It's just this feeling she has. So she makes the bold move to invest in that feeling and she hires me. We get to work, things open up and get exciting and that feeling she has starts to unfurl a bit. And then eventually she hits a wall. Right about the time she's taking herself and her desires seriously for the first time in a long time, perhaps ever. I wanna move, but I can't see what's next, she says. And there it is, the way, making itself known. The way tells her this is how it's all going to go down. And it sounds something like this. Step one, you need to have a clear idea of what you want before you take action. Step two, there's only one right choice, so it's critical to be sure that this is the one. Step three. All decisions need to be made after doing exhaustive research, thinking through things logically with a clear head and giving careful consideration of all the variables. Step four, you need to be comfortable, confident, and secure before you begin. Step five, you need to map out a detailed plan, pick the right and most effective route from here to there, and create a schedule that you adhere to religiously. Step six, then and only then do you begin to act and put your plans in motion. Step seven, if you followed steps one through five properly, then everyone will support you and things will go smoothly because you've thought of everything and it all makes sense and goes accordingly. Step eight, you arrive at your final destination just as you anticipated and exactly as you planned. 
Step nine, everyone lives happily ever after. Step 10, people are inspired by you, your courage, your vision, your stoicism, and your ability to make it happen. This is the model most of us have in our heads because this is the model written about in our history books and taught to many of us in our elementary schools and MBA programs. And this model works, it does. It definitely has merit. Think of a military operation, a financial inquisition, or a surgical procedure. There's no room for seeing how it goes, feeling your way, or winging it in those instances. There's no time for coloring outside the lines, emotions, or shades of gray in those situations because it's all about the big P's, planning, preparation, protocol, and precision. Thank you, military, and all those who serve in it. But from where I sit, the only number that holds true for me and my work with the women seeking to create change is number 10 in that model. So this becomes the heart of the work that I do with my clients, to hold space for a different, alternative, wild, even weird, model to move in and guide them. Think of how a woman grows a baby in her belly and then gives birth. Think of how two people meet and fall in love. Think of how an artist approaches a blank canvas. Think of how a writer looks at a blinking cursor. Think of how parents raise their kids. Think of how an inventor creates something no one has ever seen before. Think of how a toddler learns how to walk. Think of how you learn to swim or ride a bike. Think of how you experience pleasure and orgasm. Think of how a happy accident triggered by an unexpected joy or connection. Think of how getting blindsided by something turned out to be the best thing. Welcome to the other way, the one that cannot be contained by our minds and therefore asks our entire body to come to the show the one that flows up from our roots and doesn't trickle down from our heads, the one that has curves and twists and organic surges instead of lines, links, and mechanical engine, the one made of flesh and bones, not petroleum and steel, the one that can't be measured, institutionalized, or replicated. This way tends to be best understood in terms of a cyclical process rather than linear steps. It begins with an intense feeling, a desire, anger, doneness, a hunger. And then we get curious about that feeling, fleshing out that initial sensation, finding more words to represent it, and helping to give it shape and form. And then we connect it to something that matters, a value, a desire to be of service, have impact addressing a problem or creating something that's missing. And then we get into our bodies through movement, creativity or spiritual means, getting unstuck, outside the box, inspired, different perspectives, fresh air. And then we get quiet and we listen deeply. And then we get inspired and the fog lifts, possibilities start to emerge. We set an intention by saying it aloud and having it witnessed. We move closer to the feeling through trial and error, experimental actions. We pause and we make note of where we are now. Awareness, senses, learnings, shifts in perspective, what feels good, what doesn't, what worked, what didn't. 
And then we acknowledge where we are now relative to those feelings that we want more or less of. I'm starting to, fo- to recognize this is the way of the witch because when a woman is fully in her power, she is whole in using everything she's got, the way, her way, and everything in between. She's perfectly capable of logic and thinking far out ahead, planning for every contingency and can rock an Excel spreadsheet and coordinate legions of people in a syncopated and systematic manner. And left to her own devices, she also knows her body has a built-in GPS that is capable of guiding her and others just as well. She is trained in logic and mechanics. She is built for magic and conjuring. She knows about the plural ways. She's capable of walking on the floor and the ceiling. And she knows her ornaments will hang on both her boughs and her roots. If she chooses to know, that is. And remember, that last bit is key, by the way. It's all up to her. She needs to decide for herself. Because to decide to believe in that other way is to stand out to break rank, to go rogue, to be a witch, a woman fully in her power. To claim this power is to fully stand out. To stand out is to be seen. To be seen is to assume responsibility. And to assume responsibility is to be held accountable. To be held accountable is to face the consequences. Consequences can be dangerous for a woman fully in her power. They can also be liberating as hell and transformational and revolutionary and medicine.